Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, yes, I know exactly what you're thinking coming into this week's episode of NXT. What were the black and gold brand going to do about carrying cross? Because, you know, last week he battered an old man and then just ran off in his car. Well, I'm happy to tell you, and I know this is a massive spoiler alert for the rest of the episode, but I just can't keep it in me. I'll just blurt it out at some point in the show before then. So I'm going to say it. We may or may not be getting a certain Samoan submission machine returning to the ring. And I am so excited. Can you tell by my inflection? But this development was merely the tip of the black and gold iceberg that thankfully did not melt because the heatwave is over. We had breakups, we had golf, and we even had a love her or leave her match set up for next week. Yep, it all got a bit weird. But without further ado, I am Gareth here from What Culture Wrestling, and these are the ups and downs for this week's NXT. Kicking off the first of two weeks of NXT on Sci-Fi goodness was Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa taking on the team of Pete Dunne and Oni Lockin. And of course, it's going to get an up because it was violent. And you know this by now, I love violence. And to be honest, the storyline coming into this was really simple. Who is the baddest team in NXT? And, well, we figured that out, didn't we? Because just as you likely guessed coming in, these two teams did not hold back in any way. There were beatdowns. There was a point when we had the simultaneous beating of the chest thing that Champer and Thatcher have just bonded over in recent times and started doing that. And then only Larkin returned the favour by turning Timothy Thatcher's chest into a drum, into a human drum. He started beating it, he started playing rhythms. It was like watching Phil Collins in his prime. But in the end, Tommaso Ciampa was hot-tagged into the action and he just became the marathon man that he knows he is and he loves to be handing out clotheslines left, right and centre. But then, something rather unexpected happened. Because Timothy Thatcher was pulling Oni Lorcan away from the action with an ankle lock. He was like, kill me, you little bugger. He pulled him away and then Rich Holland, yeah, that guy, popped up out of nowhere for the first time in months and cleaned out Timothy Thatcher, which opened the door for Pete Dunne to hit Tommaso Ciampa with a bitter end. They won the match, but the big headline... The big news headline of this entire story is Rich Holland, he back, baby. He was not content with just making his return, though, because he proceeded to throw Timothy Thatcher into the ropes. He, like, power slammed him twice into the ropes and gave Tommaso Ciampa what can best be described as a Yorkshire kiss. I've been to Yorkshire. That is exactly how they kiss people. Makes sense for everyone, this, though, because you've got Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan getting this big equalising dude now, this big Yorkshire ex-rugby player. He can come in and batter everyone. And then if you're going to sit under any learning tree in NXT right now, 
makes sense for Holland to sit underneath Duns and Lorcans because they are two badass dudes. Quick Carmelo Hayes hype video package thing for the breakout tournament. We know how these go by now. They just hype up what they're going to do in the ring in the big breakout tournament thing. And he just highlighted the fact that he's already been in the ring with Kushida and Adam Cole and he held his own. He's looking pretty damn good. He's personally my pick to win the whole damn thing. Hit Row were backstage cutting one of their usually spectacular promos and they were just talking about the fact that they won up to Legado last week. They're feeling really good about that. But they are not happy about how Imperium just, just slandered them and just threw a bit of shade at them the week before. Like, they were just not happy with this, so they're going to have a match with them later on tonight. And I was pretty intrigued about this, I'm not going to lie. But before my intrigue could fester and grow, Samoa Joe popped up. He stormed onto the CWC. And if you haven't already guessed from the crazy intro I already did, this is obviously going to get an up. Joe wasn't messing around. He came in, he set up a table, put down a chair, put down like a little clipboard with some paper in it. He said, yo, William Regal, come out here. I know Karrion Cross won't come out here because he's just a big softy. He's just a bit of a coward. So you come down here. I need to I need to run a few things by you. He then confessed that he knows William Regal wanted to fire Karrion Cross after what he did last week, which would be a bit understandable. He did jump the dude. But he said he had a better idea. He's got three pieces of paper, all right? On the first one, it was pretty much him confirming that he is resigning as NXT's enforcer. The second piece of paper then went on to say that he'd like to be reinstated to NXT as part of the active roster. He just needed the signature of William Regal to which everybody in the CWC started going sign it, sign it, sign it. So we did. And lastly, the last piece of paper was a contract for a match against Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship at TakeOver 36. And you guessed it, peer pressure won again. Everyone started saying sign it. So William Regal signed that paper and it is official. Samoa Joe's back. He is back. That's a thing. I'm so excited about that alone in itself he's going to be wrestling again but not just in any match he's going to be wrestling for the NXT championship at takeover this this is lovely i love it if we could give it 20 million ups i would do but i think the graphic would explode so i'm just going to smile and go yeah this is great josh briggs then had his NXT breakout tournament hype video thing and he explained that he literally came from nothing Arizona, but the place is called nothing. He came from there. He looks like a big, scary dude, and he really delivers on that promise later on in the night. And you know the drill by now. When Cameron Grimes and LA Knight do the little skits that are off-site, I like to group them all in together because they do spread out across the show, but this is a bit more digestible for my lovely audience. And this one may have been the best one of the bunch so far. It was so good. It's not just getting up. It's getting a yellow highlighter of the up for the week. I'm so excited. Sentences are refusing to be formed. Things kicked off with a joke about Cameron Grimes washing LA Knight's balls and it just got better from there, if it could. Because this cowboy boot wearing caddy was just having a laugh with the whole thing, to be honest. Like, LA Knight was terrible at golf. He kept just knocking it into water, knocking it into the trees, and he was taking the mick out of him. He was like, I bet you that ball's going to go into the trees. I bet you five grand. So it did. And he was like, you owe me five grand. And LA Knight was like, shut up, dude. Go and get my ball. It was then a great moment where Grimes just started commentating. He was like, here we see LA Knight going to take a shot and he's not very good. Hope he doesn't hear me. Oh, he did. I'm going to look away. It was great. It was really funny. And then after LA Knight hit the ball into the water again, Ted DiBiase just rolled up in his little little cart and he was like, dude, Cameron Grimes, you're so much better than this. You're so much more than a butler. You're a champion, man. I believe in you. Go and win the belt after you get the ball out of the water. And then brilliantly, the whole thing was just wrapped up by the grizzled young veterans popping up in a car. They were like, guys, God's sake, we want to go and play golf. You're in the way, me. Cameron Grimes then proceeded to defend LA Knight before the Grizzled Young Veteran said, right, double or nothing. You guys are putting up a 10 grand bet for like missing the ball and whatever. Double or nothing, 20 grand. Whoever gets the ball in the hole takes all the marbles. Oh, and you thought the ball jokes were over, but that is not the case because after LA Knight missed, yet again, hit the ball straight in the water, Cameron Grimes had a go and smashed LA Knight 
in the testicles with his golf club and then in the head with the golf club but then got a hole in one all the same it was it was great i couldn't make sense of it i don't know how that's possible to do like with hitting people and hitting the ball it happened though it was great i chuckled and if we're going to get a grizzled young veterans versus cameron grimes and la night match in the future if it's anywhere near as fun as this I am so here for it. We had the NXT breakout tournament match between Carmelo Hayes and Josh Briggs after this. And I love this. I love the dynamic between it. You had the high flyer Carmelo Hayes flying about the place and Josh Briggs just acting like a big mountain that refused to crumble. It's getting an up. And then randomly in the middle of this match, Duke Hudson just popped up and just sat on commentary. He's obviously going to be facing the winner of this match in the semi-finals. And he started boasting about the size of his feet. In the end, though, after springboard reverse leg drops, springboard crossbodies, and a co-breaker from Carmelo Hayes, he was the winner. He was victorious. For my money, I think he is going to win the whole thing, but he's obviously going to have to go up against Duke Hudson next, which is another David versus Goliath matchup. I'm very much interested in seeing how that one turns out. Duke Hudson's just a massive prick, it seems like, on commentary. Him and Wade Barrett had a lot in common, but that match is going to be exciting. I can't wait for it to happen. Jumping backstage to an interview that actually happened a week ago, it was Frankie Monet and Jessica Mayer alongside Robert Stone in the background making all the facial expressions, talking about why Monet is associated with this group at this moment in time. Monet confessed that potentially she was looking at merging into the Robert Stone brand and making it stronger than ever, or she was just going to use Jessica Mayer to get herself a nice NXT Women's Tag Team Championship belt. Either one of those seems like a pretty good option going forward, but before she could go even further with it, the KC's popped up. Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro, they were like, ha, you can't just throw yourself into this division and say you've got chemistry, which is a bit of a lie because that's exactly what the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions currently did. The KC's then went on to say that they've got so much chemistry that they finish each other's... Oh, I've not got anybody to do that. Sentences. At this moment in time, I've got to say, though I agree with Frankie Minet, just got a little bit annoying this. And then when Ridge Holland was asked why did he attack Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher after the match, why did he do such a thing? He said, mind your business or I'll knock you out. So everyone did. I, I got a bit worried myself. Raquel Gonzalez then had a bit of an address. She like got into the middle of the ring. She was going to address the entire women's division that she has dominated for so long. And it's getting an up. But did we need this? Because after she'd bragged about battering Zia Lee the week before and just about, like I said, anybody else who'd come before her, Dakota Kai then proceeded to be the cheerleader. She was the one-woman hype group for Raquel Gonzalez. She was like, none of you. None of you are good enough to fight my mate. She is the best ever and as long as I've got her back, she's gonna hold that title. So guess what she did? She stabbed her in the back. Oh, it's been a long time coming, but she did kick her in the corner, knocked her clean onto the floor and we just, we've needed this for so long. Obviously, it's been a slow burn story over the last year year or so Raquel Gonzalez has gone from protege to challenger to champion she's surpassed Dakota Kai we've seen it just get into her getting in her face and just really annoying her for so long and she's finally snapped and then when later on the night she was asked why did she do such a thing she as well refused to answer she ran away with a suitcase she was smiling she was laughing this this is going to be great it's obviously going to go down at takeover 36 it's going to be a fantastic match it's just brilliant storytelling as well because you've got the question of if Gonzalez can actually get the job done with Dakota Kai there at ringside and if Kai can finally climb to the top of the mountain that she's been trying to do for 
so damn long. This, this, anybody could win this, and that makes my mind explode and hiss, and I need to stop rhyming because it sounds like I'm taking the... Adam Cole was backstage saying that everybody is trying to make a name off of his name. He got, like, Kyle O'Reilly constantly talking about him. Bronson Reed talking about him, saying that he was going to use him as a stepping stone to the top. He was like, I've got news for you, Mr. Bronson Reed. I'm going to beat you up later on in the night, and everyone's going to forget you ever existed. Look, I really like this as well. This is going to get an up. This is the Io Shirai and Zoe Stark stuff that happened, like, earlier in the week in the Performance Center. We saw Io Shirai training by herself, and Zoe Stark then understandably came into frame, and she was like, we're a team now. We're champions now. You need to you need to let me, like, be your friend and be your companion. And Io Shirai was just like, no, I respect you, but I still just don't like you. This then led to Zoe Stark being like, please, just give me a chance as a partner. As a partner, let's just hang out. Let's see if we can get along and just forge a bond or some chemistry and see how that goes. And Shirai was just like, ugh, fine, and then walked away. And I like this because reluctant Io Shirai having to kind of come to terms with the fact she's in a team now. She's not just a one-woman badass. That's going to be a really interesting thing to watch unfold. And then obviously she's probably going to get really attached to Zoe Stark down the line. And then Stark will stab her in the back. I've got a bit of a problem with liking people stabbing each other in the back, don't I? We found Mandy Rose backstage. She was having a bit of a secret conversation with Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. But when the cameraman tried to get a bit closer and find out what was going on, Mandy Rose was like, bugger off, this is my business. I'm maybe recruiting, maybe not. We still just don't know what's happening there. Frankie Monet and Jessica Mayer then had their match against Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. And were they able to prove that they have more chemistry than that duo? We'll find out, but it's getting it up. A quick sidebar as well. I really like the fact that Jessica May was like trying to copy Frankie Monet on the way down to the ring doing her entrance. She was like, this seems to work for her and she's very successful. So I'm going to try it as well. In the end, though, after Frankie Monet really took control of the match and led by example, she had the momentum completely derailed by Robert Stone. He threw his Merce, that is a man purse, he threw the Merce into the match to try and help and distract and maybe hit Casey Catanzaro or Caden Carter, I can't remember who was in the ring at that point. And it didn't work. The ref saw it happening, Frankie Monet got distracted, and then she got 450 neck breakered by the KCs, which I will still sit and die on this hill that that is the best finisher in all of WWE right now. But this obviously begs the question of where do we go from here? Does Robert Stone get booted out of Frankie Monet's new faction? Probably. I mean, he was on thin ice anyway. And I do need to know that Jessica May looks incredibly impressive every time she gets into the ring. She's very athletic. Her size is unmatched right now in that division. I think she could have a little bit of a big future if she sticks with Monet and gets rid of the absolute stinker that is Robert Stone. Wade Barrett's trademark sit-down dimly lit interview returned after this. We had the Diamond Mines, Malcolm Bivens and Roderick Strong, just talking about what the future holds for this mine, mine time. Strong just explained that, yeah, he struggled to get through the whole breakup of the Undisputed Era until he spoke to Malcolm Bivens about the Diamond Mine, and then that just set him on this path for being this number one, and Malcolm Bivens just hyped him up in this point. And seriously, he can make the English summer seem like a very impressive thing, because this guy was just like, he's the number one. He's not number two, number three, number four, number five. This guy is the best guy in NXT, and you know what? I believed him! They also set up the big money match that is Roderick Strong taking on Bobby Fish next week, and that should be an exciting match. It's a big grudge match at this stage, but my goodness, do Diamond Mine need the win. And then we had Regal, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels announcing that the Dragonoff Walter 2 NXT UK Championship match would be going down on NXT TakeOver 36. Obviously, you've probably seen that this week through social media, but it was officially confirmed here on NXT. And if you've seen the first one, oh boy, oh boy, we may have a match of the night contender right there. Hero versus Imperium was our next tag team match of the night. It gets a 
down, sadly. I know that kind of came out of nowhere, but it does get a bit of a down purely because of the finish, not the actual in-ring action itself. That was pretty damn good. I'm probably going to give that an up, actually, the match itself. But the finish, uh, it annoyed me. I'm not going to waste time talking about the fact that Imperium are really good wrestlers and they just isolated Adonis for loads of the match and kept double-teaming him and blowing him to pieces. We knew that was going to come anyway. But Legado inevitably came down to the ring, caused a big fuss, caused a bit of a distraction, top dollar, ran up the ramp, and that opened the door for Imperium to hit the Eurobomb on Adonis and win the match. And the result? Yeah, cool, Imperium get a win, but it's a bit of a cheap victory, and if that now sets them on a course to challenge for the NXT Tag Team Championships, which it does seem like that's the direction we're going to go in, it's a bit of a weird, poor foundation to build on. And when it comes to Legado and Hit Row, I really like the feud, I like where it's going, but in this moment it felt like a bit of a nothing detour, nobody really came out of it looking any better, and then next week we're going to have Legado versus Hit Row anyway, so we could have just maybe had a week to cool off and then just have that match, this just felt like a meh, it's the meh, I'm going to say it again, meh, it felt like meh. Look, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because you know my thoughts and feelings on the Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis stuff, but it turns out, after this little backstage segment where the way were bickering over who like was responsible for Austin Theory running away from home, Indy Hartwell then got a lovely drawn image of Dexter Loomis as part of the Wave family. This understandably pissed off and confused Johnny Gargano, and then that opened the door for a love her or leave her match, which is going to happen next week if Johnny Gargano wins the match. Then Dexter Loomis is no more. That whole romance thing that's just not going to happen anymore. We forget about it. But if Dexter Loomis wins, the Way have to give Loomis a chance with Indy Hartwell. He's going to win, isn't he? Oh, and also Johnny Gargano saying that their fridge at home is too nice for the image of Dexter Loomis. They were like, don't put it on our damn fridge. That's going to get a 71% on the Gargano meter. It was the shining light in a very dark, dismal segment for me. And just like that, it was time for the main event of the evening. It was Adam Cole taking on Bronson Reed for bragging rights, it appears. That was the whole thing coming into it. And it's going to get a big up because these two can bloody go. It was Bronson Reed's first match since losing his North American Championship and he was not messing around. He turns splatting into something of an art form. There was a point where he did a gorilla press on Adam Cole and I thought, yep, that's it. They're going to have to scrape him off this mat. Reed also pulled off this like suplex spinning Samoan drop. I can't, I don't even think I properly described that. I think you need to go and watch it because it was just a thing of beauty. Like Bronson Reed is one of the most underrated people in NXT right now and from the sounds of it, from the looks of it, he ain't going to be there much longer. Because in the closing stages after a seriously back and forth match where it just looked like Adam Cole was never going to be able to put away this absolute monster of a human being, he managed to dodge out of the way from the tsunami splash which has been known to pancake many a fool, got out of the way of that and he hit a last shot on Bronson Reed for the win. Adam Cole comes away with a massive victory and it does very much seem like Bronson Reed is on his way up to the main roster. If you want to call it up nowadays it seems like a bit more of a, a sideways movement but he is probably going to be doing that after a, a number of dark matches that he's had on Raw and Smackdown so all the best to him but that was merely the beginning of the Night of Chaos because it's still going on. Kyle O'Reilly came out after the match and started waylaying Adam Cole with a steel chair and then he hit him with a brain buster on an X exposed steel steps because you know that's obviously what Adam Cole did to Kyle O'Reilly so he finally got his shot back in but seriously where are we going to go with these two now we've gone backwards we've had the big unsanctioned match we've had the normal match are we just going to have an arm wrestle over bragging rights it just it doesn't make sense to me I'm not going to get too bogged down on it I'm going to give it a tiny little down because I just don't know what we do with it I'm not really that interested in seeing it I'd sooner see Adam Cole take on fresh faces like he just did with Bronson Reed and have Kyle O'Reilly just do something else keep them far apart not together that's what we've done though I'm just going to move on let's move on so overall I'm going to give this week's NXT a big old up because I like 
like the majority of the stuff, the Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez angle feud is gonna be money. You mark my words. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.